The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who on this town tonight. Welcome to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. I am by myself today. Uh, Kwame might be calling in a little bit later. But if not, you're stuck with me. A uh, lot to talk about today. I'm going to talk a little Clayton Kershaw. Big contract out of uh, Los Angeles. Everybody was w- waiting for this to happen, and it finally did. Not exactly the amount that people initially thought it was going to be, but it's it's a lot of money. Uh, I'll talk a little A-Rod. He had a press conference uh, four days after uh, it came down that he was going to get the full year suspension with postseason if the Yankees make the postseason, which I don't think they will. But uh, he's out for a while, and uh, he had an interesting press conference. So I'll touch on that. Peyton Manning voted the most the most respected per, uh, player in the NFL, and the player that everybody voted that they would like to start a team with and around. So I'll talk about the importance of that, if there is any. I'll talk some NBA, uh, the Miami Heat. I'll run through some of that. The Suns are slipping. I'll talk about them a little bit, and uh, we'll see what else I can find. So first, Clayton Kershaw, seven-year, $215 million deal. It'll make him the richest per-year player in Major League Baseball history at $30.7 million a year. That's a lot of money. The Major Leagues have been known for and now have notoriety for paying older players that have had exemplary careers a lot of money towards the end of their career. So it's 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 kind of a situation where you play it forward instead of pay it forward. Uh, you play well for a few years and you get a big contract and it doesn't really matter what happens after that because you've already given what your team wanted from you before you got the contract. And then obviously people aren't going to live up to these, these massive deals. Um, A-Rod did for a while in Texas – in the beginning of his of his tenure with the Yankees, but thirty point seven million dollars for a pitcher, no less. It's thirty five million dollars more than Justin Verlander got a couple years back. I think it was actually last year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. He's twenty five years old. He'll be twenty six soon. Clayton Kershaw. Uh, you know he's he's been the best pitcher in baseball the last three years, in my opinion. He's won two Cy Youngs. He won a Gold Glove in two thousand eleven, and he's a good person. You know he. He won the Roberto Clemente Award for his charitable work. They, him and his wife started, in, uh, they founded an orphanage in Zambia called Hope's Hope. Uh, they co-wrote a book together. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a good story. And with all of the hubbub about Hollywood and Los Angeles and all the money that people make there, even though uh, they might not deserve it, uh, you know, Carl Crawford and... And Adrian Gonzalez came on last year, but he's still making a lot of money, more money than people think he should. Matt Kemp, 
uh, this is a good story, and I think, believe it or not, I think he's worth it. And as much as I talk about how how money is is uh, a big issue with how much how much players are getting paid in the major leagues and around all professional sports, I think this is good. I think this is good for them. And with him and Zach Greinke as their as their one two punch, the Dodgers are pretty formidable. Pretty formidable. I mean, if they get the uh, the player out of uh, overseas that that has been that has been highly touted around the league, they could they could have one of the best pitching rotations in history. So uh, three errors by Clayton Kershaw in his whole career. I mean those those are Greg Maddox numbers. So we'll see if he can go onward and upward, and I mean I, I, he better. He was sixteen and nine with a one eight three ERA last year, over two hundred thirty strikeouts. He averaged seven innings per start, which is fantastic. He gets a quality start every time he steps on the mound. It's a lefty. He's got an awkward release, so that, so that's that's tough for for hitters to uh, to see what pitch he's throwing. His release point is great. It, this is a good story out of Los Angeles. So, having said all that, he better knock it out of the park, at least for the next two or three years. He has a player option after year five to opt out and become a free agent. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll end his career as a Dodger, especially because now with the influx of money that the organization has that they didn't have in the past, there's no reason for him to leave. The Yankees are not the Yankees anymore. The Yankees would normally wait till he was 30, 31, take him, give him $150 million, and even if he didn't perform, at least he'd be on the he'd be on the roster, he'd put people in the stands, but I don't know if that's going to be the Yankees for years to come. The Dodgers are kind of taking over that throne, as you can see, by $30.7 million per year to play 33 games. It's like um, <laughs> it's about a million dollars a start if he starts the same amount of games as he did last year. The downside, I would say, the only downside for Clayton Kershaw is that he's zero three in the NLCS over his career. He won one game in the NLDS. Um, you got to perform in the playoffs, and he hasn't yet. That doesn't mean that he won't. But uh, that, I mean, that's got to be in the back of people's heads. If if he's your ace and he's not going to win you games in the playoffs, and hasn't yet, could be seemingly problematic. I mean, you knew when you were going against Greg Maddox in the playoffs. You knew when you were going against Kurt Schilling or Randy Johnson in the playoffs. I mean, Cliff Lee for a while. That that they're just nails. They'll at least get you a quality start, keep you close, and and let your bullpen win the game for you. His record, he pitched better than his record in, would indicate last year. The bats took about the bats for the team took about I don't know a month and a half or two months to wake up. So obviously this wasn't his fault. If his ERA is one point eight three, and he has nine losses last year, that's that says something about your offense, not so much your defense, not so much your pitching. So I'm happy for him. First time. I would probably say ever that I'm happy that somebody got this much money. And I, I I harp on that because, and I've talked to Deborah about this, Deborah DeBrew is part of the show here. 
about the mental relaxation and lack of just lack of drive when you get paid this much money in a lot of instances. And we have Kwame on the line. Kwame, um, $30.7 million is a lot of money. I mean, we all know that. Do you think that with with his pedigree thus far and with his, for lack of a better phrase, go-getter attitude, that he might become lackadaisical? Or do you think that he's going to use this as motivation to be better and better and better? Because he is only 25. Alex. Yes. Hey, what was the question? <laughs> I, I heard there's a, a certain number of money. It was a lot of money. Uh, and what was the question again? My question uh, is, do you think that with with his his motivation, do you think his motivation will start to lack a little bit to perform better and better because he got paid this much money or because he's so young and so talented that this is this could potentially be as much of an afterthought as possible uh, in, in his in his moving forward and trying to win a you know more Cy Youngs and and eventually win a World Series or two. Yeah, I think guys as uh, competitive guys, uh, and, and there's different type of competitiveness. Uh, you want to compete for Cy Youngs, World Series, make your team better, go down as one of the greatest pitchers. Uh, you want to uh, win World Series. Or he was competing to get the highest contract, which is we've seen in a lot of cases that you know players were going financial stability, other than going for winning baseball teams or where they can help out or where they had bats and defense. I, I think in this case, though, it's more so it can it forced him to compete. That's one thing he doesn't have to worry about anymore is having to have money or worry about money when his career is over with. If done the right things by it. But now you can focus and solely concentrate on baseball, becoming a better pitcher, uh, go about your business the way you should when you're on the mound, uh, understand who's at bat, what this guy can and cannot hit situations of game. I, I like to see him compete um, from here on out to become one of the greatest pitchers, one yeah. of the best pitchers, uh, something we can see with our own eyes that's in our time instead of going back in history and say, oh, I remember this guy, remember that guy, he is a great pitcher, look at his numbers. But as time goes on, uh, the numbers always change because guys become better, stronger, quicker, faster, uh, more stuff with their fastball. Uh, and since we're talking baseball, they got more stuff coming off the mound. It's just built different. But I like to see them compete more. I hope the money doesn't do anything crazy for them. I think when you get the money, that is a situation where you don't have to worry about it anymore. You play the contract out or you play, or unless the team wants to resign you. Yeah, I, and the only thing that uh, one of the things I, I stated one before, but another thing is is a young lefty pitcher. I mean, he's one throw away from being out for the year and having Tommy John surgery. I mean, especially with his with his awkward release, his unique release, I should say. It's um, that's always that's got to always be in the in in the back of the minds of of owners and 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 general managers and people that are paying these these players. This is one thing about you know major league contracts that I will never understand is it, 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 it having it be being all guaranteed money is just something that I'll, I just won't understand. Barring injury, things like that. I mean, he could be out for a year and a half, one pitch. It could be the first pitch of next year. I mean, I hope this doesn't happen. I don't want anybody to ever get injured, but it's always something to think about with with pitchers, especially somebody that's been in the league for for six years already. That is, he's one pitch away from being out for upwards of two years. So it, right. it's an investment. I know every contract is a risk. I understand, especially when 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 it's this much money. 
But, I mean, is that something that you just have to be blind to and just hope it doesn't happen? Just not even think about it? And we have two minutes, so break. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, the contract, every contract is a risk. Every contract has a, uh, um, some type of, you know, what if this, what if that. Uh, but what if he doesn't, you know, he's able to play it off, he's able to be uh, stable, then that's a win-win. I don't know if there's a – the win contract, when you talk about those numbers, usually goes to the uh, player, the person who's getting it. Um, but I, I, I guarantee you, he – more than anybody is not thinking about I'm going out and get hurt. I think if you go about your business, some guys feel that pressure. Uh, we've heard comments like Ali Rodriguez was uh, getting money, getting paid a certain amount, and, and all of a sudden he's on some uh, some enhancements where it's banned by baseball, but the excuse was he felt pressure of the contract or living up to the contract. I don't find that to be the truth because he got that contract when he left the A's, or did he get it with the A's? He got $225 million, um, which I thought was outnormous or outrageous contract for anybody. But if the owners didn't have that money to give you, there's no way in the world they would pay it to you. Right. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine that that player or that person would go out and think, what if I get hurt? You see, that's when the excuses come in about, well, I had pressure or I felt the pressure to live up this contract, so I need to take some PEDs or some type of enhancement to keep me on the field. Uh, you can make a date. Most players make a lot of excuses of why they do things, uh, but I, I would hope, like you, that none of these players go out and get hurt, and then it's a win for both sides, and then contracts become more manageable where guys are getting fair contracts and owners are getting fair or get delivering fair contracts, and it's a win on both sides. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll, uh, we got to take a break. Uh, on the other side, we'll talk some A-Rod in his press conference yesterday about <laughs> he'd, he'd like to keep himself and this story out of the papers and uh, I think that's a bunch of crap. So we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Alex Clancy in studio, Kwame on the line. Kwame Lester, Sports Talk, Voice America Radio. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments 
the discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce, the sports doc, and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. We have Kwame on the line. Just talked to little Clayton Kershaw. Congratulations to him. Seven-year, $215 million deal. Now we'll see how that transpires out in La La Land. Uh, I, I mean, I just see, I see good things happening. So, so I do hope that, that it works out for him and for the organization. Uh, to a little bit of other news, uh, Alex Rodriguez had a little press conference uh, in Mexico. He made this promotional appearance. And he said that this ban will allow him to, uh, quote, rest mentally and physically. So this is now his ploy at being like, oh, no, this is a good thing. You know, I, I need this for my body. I need this, uh, you know, I, I need this to, to just chill out because I've been playing baseball for 20 years. And, you know, this is going to be good for me. And what made me laugh the most was uh, he was quoted as saying, and we hope we can take it out of the newspapers and I hope we can start concentrating on all the good things the big league is doing. With all the young players moving forward, so now he's a now he's a liaison for the major leagues after he sued both the major leagues and the major league players association. This is I, I'm not sure he, he's fallen into the twelfth twelfth circle of hell at this point. He doesn't know what which way is up. He doesn't. I, this nothing surprises me with him anymore. But I don't understand why now he's trying to make this seem like that this is going to be a good thing and he's going to keep it out of the newspapers he's, even though he's going through a court battle with a federal judge right now. So the fact that it's, he wants it out of the newspapers and the fact that he says that is ridiculous because obviously it won't be until this is finally put to rest. What? I don't know. It could be upwards of three years if this, goes, if this case goes to the fullest extent. So if you had one thing to say to A-Rod right now, because I know you take the, take the professional athlete standpoint here, what would you say to him if you, if, you had, if you had to sit him down and tell him something? Well, I, I take the professional athlete standpoint as far as uh, if you're doing the right things. But if you're consistently getting in trouble or using a banned substance, I've always said from day one, you don't have to take this stuff. You're already the best in the world. If it's not on the uh, – each year, every team, there's, we, get a, we get a spreadsheet about what's banned in our professional sport. And, and, and most of these guys know it. We look for the edge and a whole lot of things, but I, I would tell him, uh, okay, well, now it's time. I know one of the things was he was trying to protect his legacy. He was trying to, trying to protect that Hall of Fame. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Yankees still owe him up to three-year contract. Uh, again, I don't know the amount um, that is due to him, but it's still a three-year contract that the Yankees owe him, um, and he's trying to fight that to the fullest. One of the things he um, that I've also uh, heard on another publication was that some Hall of Famers called him, told him he was doing the right thing. I don't, I'm not sure about that. Not when you consistently abuse the sport. Not when um, there are some guys in the Hall of Fame that took haven't taken any drugs, um, drugs that's on the ban list in these this modern day time. I'm not saying A Rod is a um, is uh, guilty if he if he haven't been tested positive for anything. That's that's a whole other ball game. Well, what I would tell him to do is get himself together. Of course, just give him some time to heal up. But you can see a step slower in his. Uh, you can see him slower in a little bit of his step when he's running the first base. 
what's going to change from now and a, and a certain amount of games they play year in and year out uh, with him taking a year off. Well, he has to say these things because he's he's banned for, for a significant amount of time right at the moment. So A-Rod needs to just sit back, stay out the media, stop making it about A-Rod. Uh, it's one thing to fight the system if you feel like the system's wrong. I'm all for that. Go ahead. Now I got your back on that. But when you've done something wrong and you try to fight the system because you don't want to be persecuted and then you want to throw everybody else under the bus and say this guy did this, we've seen this with the uh, and Brahm situation. But, you know, at some point you got to step back and say, okay, this is on me. Yeah. And A-Rod, A-Rod needs to do that. If, this, that. if that be the case, this is on me. Let me step back and get out the way of baseball. I'll be back when I can. Yeah, I mean, and and one thing that you said was really interesting. I mean, and that's, yeah, the people, the Hall of Famers from, from the Yankees and the players now, including Derek Jeter. I mean, Derek Jeter just said it's a messy situation and he's he, he's upset by it and whatnot. But this is what teammates do. This is what, even though they never played with the Yankees at the same time, the Yankees as a whole are a brotherhood. So it's it, it it would put salt on the wound if these guys would come out and say, no, you're bad for baseball, blah, blah. When you wear those pinstripes, you're part of the brotherhood. So obviously Derek Jeter being the consummate leader that he is, he you know, nicknamed the captain, he I think will go down as the most popular Yankee of all time if he isn't already. Just by the by the media and by the people, because he's never done anything wrong in his career, uh, at least on the field. I don't know what he does in his in his private time, but with the Yankee Brotherhood, I believe that this is exactly what the old players and the players now that have been asked about it are supposed to do. This is the anti Richie Incognito situation. This is what a locker room is supposed to be like. What a clubhouse is supposed to be like, and and they're treating it as such. So I mean, I'm sure that they don't agree with all the things that they're saying in the media, the the, the past players and the, and the current ones alike. But you have to say this stuff, and it it just keeps the focus on a Rod and doesn't put even more pour, uh, more fuel to the fire of this whole situation as a whole. So I mean, yeah. I, I think that that's I mean, I, you can't hold a lot of weight with what those people have said that that are part of the Yankee Brotherhood, in my opinion. And I'm all for locker room sticking together. That that is the greatest, but. What they're sticking for and who they're sticking for, uh, that guy has to be telling the truth. It's almost like if you, when you tell your kids, you're not in trouble, just tell the truth. You're in trouble even more when you lie. You put lies on top of lies. So uh, one thing, and I don't have all the facts. I don't have this stuff right in front of me. I don't have the facts. I'm going off publication media, uh, what, what has already been known, uh, the facts that we do have, I should say, um, that when he did test positive, he blamed it on his... Uh, his nephew, or he got some from his nephew in whatever country that was. But you have to tell the truth, and that's when the locker room stick together, when they know their guy. But you know a guy more than anybody outside of that locker room, uh, and that being media as well. When you know that guy telling the truth and what kind of person he is, what kind of player he is, then you can go to bat for him. Then you can stick up for him and do all, and say all these things. And Dirk Jeter is a consummate pro. He is a, a captain, a team leader, uh face of a... Um, New York Yankees for a long time, so it does carry some weight when he comes out and, and you know say these things about what's going on as far as the organization is concerned. Yeah, I, and it, with regards to the rest of his contract, I think he has. I think he's owed between fifty and seventy-five million left, take a, taking away this twenty-five that he's going to lose this year uh, by being suspended. What about fifty-four million uh, left on his three-year contract? It, it's well, I, th- I think it's a little bit more than that. If I think he's getting twenty-five million a year. 
which is a lot of money. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. So with with the Yankees, I mean, he he threw the Yankees to the Wolves. He threw the Major League as a whole to the Wolves. He threw the MOBPA to the Wolves. So you better believe that, I mean, Hank Steinbrenner was was interviewed as part of this in response to Derek Jeter's, in response to A-Rod's press conference. And he said he's not thinking about 2015, blah, 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 blah. I mean, again, he's full. Of, this is all full of crap, in my opinion. They are getting all their lawyers together, bringing in everybody and trying to keep, trying to avoid that contract so they don't have to worry about this guy ever again and let him go let him go find a contract let him go find somebody that'll pay uh, upwards of a 40-year-old when he comes back having been a year removed from baseball and l- l- let those guys pay him cuz I think they want to rid them rid themselves of this whole situation cuz he's obviously he's made himself more important than the team, obviously. I mean, that's obvious through all of the things that we've seen through the media, and he's looking at himself first, trying to save his name, trying to get as much money out of this as possible. So if I were the Yankees, I'd be like, good riddance. Just try yeah, and... And that's, the thing you, and that's one of the things you can't do. You can't put yourself before the team. I don't care what superstar. We, we've, we've seen some superstars. We watch superstars uh, throughout the league. You, you can't put yourself before the team. It just don't make sense. It doesn't do the team any good. Uh, we, we actually talk about how we don't know who the superstars are outside of Tom Brady on the New England Patriots team. But that's a system where you go into and you know these things and you don't put yourself above anything when you rival the stuff, but they win football games. They play for Super Bowls. Um, like the Yankees, they win baseball games. They play for World Series. When you put yourself before the team, that's when things become more of a problem, more of an issue to the players in there because they because the one goal for every team every year has to win that championship, that World Series, that Super Bowl. Um, and then this story is more about A-Rod than it is the Yankees. So the Yankees, as you mentioned, they would like to get their team of lawyers together, which I'm sure they've done already, and just get be done with this case. Whatever we owe him or whatever we don't have to pay him, then that's what it's going to be. Let's get it done. We don't need to drag this on for three years, possibly, with this story hanging on us when we, when we are a team known for winning World Series, which they haven't done in a while. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, I'm done talking about A-Rod. I, I, I just wanted to touch on that. Hopefully we won't have to talk about him for the rest of the week and maybe even next week, but I'm sure that won't be the case. I do want to move uh, to the NFL. Interesting poll that was taken. Peyton Manning, 26.8% of the votes. Which player do you respect the most? Peyton Manning. The next closest guys were Tom Brady and Adrian Peterson with 7.5%. So that, that equates to 86 players voted for Manning. And 24 players voted for Brady and uh, Adrian Peterson, respectfully. And then the other poll that was taken, if you had to start a team with one player, who would it be? Peyton Manning, again, ran away with it. Uh, it's it's interesting because the, the guy that's second... Okay, Peyton Manning, everybody loves Peyton Manning. That's fine. Papa John's, you know, SNL, he does all these things. He has a great media following because he's funny, he's awkward, he's quirky. You know, he doesn't, he's not supposed to do what he's doing to be funny, and, and he just is. The uh, the United Way commercial where he played football with the bunch of six-year-olds and threw one at his back and started yelling at him, like, that's funny. Okay, I get that. Um, he had 64 votes uh, with regards to if you had to start a, a team with one player. He had 62 votes. Andrew Luck had 56. And this is interesting to me because Andrew Luck hasn't performed in games where he needed to perform the Kansas City game, and, and as you've said, and I'm glad you're on so we can talk about this, he's put himself in the situation where he had to come back from all these games. It's interesting that Aaron Rodgers is fourth out of seven. I don't know, maybe it's because of the clavicle, but what, what made what 
what interested me about this wasn't Peyton Manning because we all know that everybody loves him. That's fine. But Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck, the placement in that is what really interests me. Because Andrew, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably top to bottom when healthy, the most talented all around quarterback in the NFL. Most talented all around. That doesn't mean clutch. That doesn't mean anything else with except for just pure talent, being able to throw the ball at, at, a, at a high level, being able to run the ball when needed, accuracy, uh, IQ, you know, all around. But Andrew Luck is stealing these votes from players young and old. And we need to take a break. On the other side, Kwame, I want to get your opinion on that. We'll talk Peyton Manning. I want to hit some NBA. I want to talk about the Heat three-game losing streak. Is it a big deal? We'll talk about it. Call me on the line. Alex Clancy in studio. Call me Lester Sports Talk. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter on the line. We're talking Peyton Manning, this poll that just came out, that he's the most respected player in the NFL and that he is the player that most people, most players would want to start a team with, start a team around. And that's fine, and as I said before the break, uh, what interested me more was that Andrew Luck was a close second with uh, only only uh, six votes less than Peyton. Peyton had 62, Luck had 56, Brady with 41, and Aaron Rodgers with 40. So Andrew Luck got 16 more votes than Aaron Rodgers, who is was touted as the next one, you know, the next the next big star in this league. And this year has been kind of a throwaway because, you know, he was hurt for six weeks or seven weeks. And you can't, you, there's not really a huge, I think it was even more than that. Uh, there's, there wasn't really a huge sample size. So maybe it's what have you done for me lately, as opposed to Andrew Luck and the Kansas City Chiefs uh, comeback, come from behind win against the Chiefs. I'm not really sure, but 
Do you think if you had to pick one, Kwame, would it be, and I paid Manning that's fine. We'll take him and Tom Brady out of it. Would you pick Andrew Luck or Aaron Rodgers at this point with Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers being 100% healthy? It, taking those two out of the equations, and it came down to uh, Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers. Right. I think Andrew Rodgers. I mean, I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers all day long. Yeah? All and why? It has nothing to do with um, what Andrew Luck is not going to become, because I think, I think he's second behind Peyton because everyone perceives him to be the next great thing. He had two great seats. He had two great football seasons fresh out of college. Yeah. There was no sophomore slump for him. He did a lot of things with uh without Reggie Wayne, who Reggie Wayne was the catalyst to that offense, even though he's not the quarterback. But Reggie Wayne he actually stayed in Indy because what he felt Andrew Luck and who he thought Andrew Luck would be. Um but I, I like how Aaron Rodgers go about his business on game day. I'm going off game day. I don't know these guys outside of their work regiment uh, off the field. Uh, but this guy wins football games. He, he can go anywhere, and you feel like he has a chance. Andrew Luck is a guy starting to become that guy. It doesn't matter what the stadium is. It doesn't matter where the game is. You feel like we can win this game. We got a quarterback. Uh, but what he did in those last two games was a learning curve for him. And I, and I can't wait to see how he, Andrew Luck, bounce back from that because I know he will. I think he will. I believe he will uh, bounce back from how he performed as far as his passing game in situations where uh, some passes he wish he can throw back. Every quarterback, I'm sure, wish they could have one or two passes back. But to put yourself in a situation where you feel like you can win every game, that's why he's behind Peyton Manning. Uh, and then, but, uh, but if you're talking about throughout the years and a healthy Aaron Rodgers, I'll take a healthy Aaron Rodgers all yeah. day long. And, I mean, I think in, with – yeah, with regards to you personally, I mean, and again, as you've said, you focus on his mistakes more than his, uh, which is what you're supposed to do, especially when it's a quarterback and somebody that is supposed to be the second coming of Peyton Manning or something even better, who knows, when he throws interceptions and all those things that Aaron Rodgers doesn't do, um, obviously Aaron Rodgers would look like the better would look like the better option. I'm just curious. I'll tell you this, though. I'll tell you this real quick. I, I focus on his mistakes because I want him to be great. Right? No, of I, course. And that wasn't that wasn't a dig. I mean, that that makes sense, especially somebody that's played in the league before, that's played defense before. You see bad throws that are picked off. I mean, that's understandable that you take that standpoint. I, I watched Deion Sanders uh, talk to uh, receivers on how to beat him, and I thought that was amazing uh, because it wasn't it wasn't it was gamemanship uh, in a sense where he was trying to make that guy better, uh, and, and it wasn't that. If you would have did this, you would have beat me. Dion, I, I actually watched this like live in action, tell receivers, and then heard from receivers that Dion would give you ways to beat him on that certain play, not throughout a football game, but on that certain play. If you would have did this, you had me. Uh, and I and I and I see Andrew Luck in a sense. That's why I can't wait to see him bounce back from those uh, last two games he had uh, at the quarterback position because I think he's going to be that next guy. He's perceived, and, and the voting said that that he would be the next guy uh, to be a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, those guys we put in those type of categories. Uh, and I see it because fresh out of college, two years in college, he's, he's listed as same senses as old guys with, with a whole lot of upside, a whole lot of talent they can put around him. He's done it with a slight one-in game. Uh, I think he, he'd be fine. Yeah, and that's fair. I just... It, it... I think the well, I mean, and the main difference with Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck is that Aaron Rodgers had what five years on the bench, 
I mean, five he years. learned. That was, that was an awesome five years. He too. learned the game from one of the greats. Granted, his uh, his reputation was tarnished a little bit. Uh, I'm talking about Brett Favre towards the end of his career. However, he got invaluable knowledge just by watching. Just by watching, because Brett Favre, it, he went Joe Montana on Aaron Rodgers and just didn't help him. I mean, Joe Montana didn't want Steve Young to take his spot, so why would he? Why would he teach him how to get better so he could eventually take his spot? Um, but how, with with Aaron Rodgers is holding a clipboard, that is invaluable knowledge that Andrew Luck did not get. He did not get that knowledge he learned on the field, and we're starting to learn within the past couple of years of which is more important. Which proves to be a better learning uh, situation, holding the clipboard for a couple of years, or just being thrown thrown in thrown into the mix and making mistakes, making mistakes on the grand stage as opposed to making them in practice, so you don't make them on on the big stage when you become a starter. And we don't know what the answer is yet. Obviously, it worked think- out for Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't throw interceptions. He just doesn't. Like he went on a stretch two years ago where he had he had more. He had let. His incompletion level was he had pretty much as many interceptions as he did incompletions or something like that. It was two to one, something like that. Some ridiculous number where he just doesn't throw picks. He doesn't throw them. And Andrew Luck does. And I think that was also about him just learning on the fly and not having the time to learn in practice and sit and watch it happen before he actually got on the field. But this that, that that's the difference between you're right. That's Aaron Rodgers had a great opportunity that Andrew Luck didn't have. He had an opportunity to sit and watch the game for a while. Even though two or three years prior before him becoming a starter in Green Bay, he felt like he should have been his team anyway. But how do you sit a Hall of Famer guy down like Brett Favre, even though Brett Favre held us hostage year in, year out? I'm retiring, I'm playing, I'm coming back, I'm quitting and all that. He was still Brett Favre, and he got things done on the football field. Um, Andrew Luck, and, and this is what practice for, but even more so, you get a greater learning curve when you're in the game. You throw those interceptions. Those plays work in practice, but in the game, it's real time. And you throw those interceptions, but the best part about it is you get to learn from them. Are you going to come back next year? Because it be- then it becomes back to- it goes back to your deja vu. Like, I've seen this before. I've done this and done that. I'm not doing this before because it was a bad situation. This is the thing uh, Andrew Luck has. Andrew Luck has a, a-, a mentality where I-, I feel like he's seen plays before where he's not going to make that same mistake over and over because he didn't have the luxury of sitting behind Peyton Manning for a year or two. He had to come right in and play. And he had to play, and now he's playing under two different head coaches in his two different years. So now with Pagano back um, in his third year, coming up in his third year with Andrew Love, well, we should see a better learning curve. We should see Andy should be a favorite to win that uh, that NFC, uh, I mean, sorry, AFC um what is it? Eat North, South, or something? AFC South. Well, yeah, I mean, it, and we'll see if uh, we'll see if Texan, the Texans have anything to say about that. But but yes, but I agree. They, he, he, has a, better, he, he has a he has a better show. chance. He has a better chance, and I agree with you. A better chance of being successful. Well, first of all, because he plays eight games in a dome every year, which we talked about a couple of days ago, which is overlooked at some point. Looking at numbers and looking at things like that, and so he gets eight games in a dome instead of getting. You know, three of your eight home games in the cold, if not four, in Green Bay, and the division's weaker because Jacksonville is not even a football team right now. So you you only have a three, really a three team division. So uh, yes, to succeed, Andrew Luck has a better road, has an easier road. I just don't know. We'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers next year. 
because Andrew Luck is moving forward, moving forward, and he has the biggest upside out of any quarterback. I feel like, you know, Colin Kaepernick and, and Russell Wilson are limited because at some point they're going to have to learn how to be a pocket passer, and Andrew Luck is. He is. And so is Aaron Rodgers. So, um, I, I, it was just interesting. It was just interesting with with the poll, and and I think you're right. It, it, it's funny you say that 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 Andrew Luck is seen to be as the, as the second coming of Peyton Manning and Indy's same team. You know, uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it, 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 in essence, one, one last thing before you go to the next thing. Those guys you mentioned, um, Kaepernick. When you when you when you drop Kaepernick back, you're not asking him to be 100 percent the football player, athlete, quarterback. That he can be, you can't drop him back 40, 45 times and ask him to throw the football. That's the same thing. If you ask Michael Vick to do that same thing, you're not going to have a productive quarterback. Uh, so those guys, Andrew Luck, Kaepernick, um, Russell Wilson, and let's even throw RG three in the mix with if he comes back healthy or he comes back with what we think he is. Well, they all got different style of playing, and I think all of them are perfect for the team that they are on because I'm asking you to use your ability, but now I'm asking you to have a a uh, cerebral mind or, or thoughts to know when to slide RG three, to know when to let the ball go Andrew Luck out of bounds, or to know when to run Kaepernick. I need you to know when to do these things so you can live the fight and play another down. But I can't ask you RG three, uh, Andrew Luck. I'm not Andrew Luck, but RG three Kaepernick. I don't want you throwing the ball forty five times in my football game. I don't want you doing that. I just don't. I'm not asking you to do that. And not going to come down to it because, and for this reason only, you have a defense that's putting you in a situation, Russell Wilson, where you can throw the ball 18 times and win football games because your defense is allowing you to do that. Andrew Luck is a guy who could drop back 40 times in a football game because this is what they asked him to do because he's done it without a running game, without a running game, but he's made an effort to, um, they've made an effort to run the football to keep defenses honest where he can drop back and do that because he is that guy. I think all those guys are going to be somewhat continue mentioned for the next 7 to 10 years, um, if not 15 years, because they are young talents, they are young guys, but they are asked to do different things for their team. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well put, well put. Uh, that's I couldn't have said it any better myself. Um, just across the wire, uh, Rex Ryan agrees to an extension with the Jets. What do you think? Uh, we have two minutes till break, and this contract is is incentivized is the word they used uh, by postseason, highly incentivized by uh, by postseason birth. So this is probably, I mean, I, I don't know what, what they're thinking to giving him a, a, long, a long-term deal. And does this make sense? Or is it it's somebody you trust, it's somebody you know, and it's somebody that you get, that'll get you through this dark time before they start getting better? I, give me a quick answer. We have, we have a minute left. Who are they going to get better than Rex I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's that's it. I mean, I'm going I, I personally would have signed him. I wouldn't have fired Rex Ryan at all. But you can't keep make mention that we're gonna be in the playoffs and we're gonna go to the Super Bowl. You got to take one at a time and, and continue to build. If you can see what you're building, it could get done. But if you already saying you're in the Super Bowl, yeah, that's gonna be a tough tough task to have. Then you got the talent because you count on your defense. Build that offense as well um, and get a still made of what you have to do. So. You know your offense just as well as you know your defense. Then you can win. But I would I would hire Rex Ryan back in a second. Yeah, and it's interesting. It, it's it's crazy that they finished eight and eight this year. It's I mean that is out of control in that division, and with 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 the parameters that they had, especially on offense. 
I, how is it possible with a rookie quarterback? I mean, maybe Geno Smith is better than people thought he was. I mean, yes, well, he had he had the lowest uh, quarterback rating in the NFL for the better part of the year. Take away the first couple weeks where he had good weeks. Is he going to be the answer there? Hopefully, if he can grasp that offense because he he came in, um, he wasn't an immediate starter, but Rex Ryan obviously see something and felt something about him where he just set his starting uh, San Mark Sanchez down and said, this is the guy we're going with. And that was a decision that was going to get him fired or rehired, actually, in my opinion. Uh, but he has to grasp the offense, and what the Jets have to do is bring in an offensive coordinator or, or a quarterback's coach that can get this guy to the next level. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't know what it's going to be like uh, with the Jets next year, but, you know, I thought that the answer was going to be it's it can only get better, it can't get worse, but it could get worse, especially with Mark Sanchez coming back. What are they going to do? Are, are they going to give Mark Sanchez the job back? Is there going to be a quarterback controversy? Is there going to be a different quarterback? Is there going to be a different starting quarterback every week? we got to take a break. Uh, we'll talk about this on the other side. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter on the line. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter on the line. I was going to talk about uh, LeBron in this final segment, but it just came across the wire. Uh, Rex Ryan uh, agreed to a multi-year extension with uh, with the Jets. They finished 8-8 last year. We were talking about it before the break. What do you think about the quarterback controversy that is that, that will ensue uh, going into training camp and OTAs uh, next year with Mark uh, Sanchez and Geno Smith? Um... I've always said having a quarterback situation, a quarterback problem, is a good problem to have if you got two good quarterbacks. I don't know how good that uh, Geno Smith will be. Uh, he was kind of up and down. He had the lowest quarterback rating last year. 
He made some plays where we thought, oh, he may be the star of this team. We know what Mark Sanchez can do and have done. Uh, I think going into camp that this should be a quarterback competition. This, they should compete for the job, and the best man uh, will, should win. The best man will win, and the best man, when he does win, should play. That's not always the case. That's why I wrote it that way. The best guy is not always on, not always on a football player, always on the football field. It's guys that can get guys, other guys around them to play, and that doesn't make you the best at the most times athletically. Geno Smith may be able to get those guys, those little ten guys around him, to play football on one accord and move the ball up and down the field. But the Jets got to do things as far as getting a quarterback coach around him, work on his release. Seems like he's taking the time to release the football. Uh, well, defensive backs and all defenses can't tee off on him and and break on the ball to have. Uh, it's a matter of picks during a football game. So I think uh, having two quarterbacks is a, is a great problem to have. I think Sanchez is under contract for two more years, right? Maybe. Yeah, and that's just that was just a bogus deal. Not, now they now they're reaping the better. Now they're now they're reaping what they sowed. I do you think that with how well they played it and how they played way better than expectations last year. Do you think that Geno Smith has, has the edge on him? Like, do you think that now now they see him as a leader in the, in, the, in the huddle and in the locker room? I mean, I think that it would be doing Geno Smith a disservice to just give the starting job away to somebody else and even have a competition. I think Geno Smith needs to be your starting quarterback going into at least the first preseason game without having any conversation about it and have Mark Sanchez back him up. And that's, and that's the great way to put it. It should be Geno's job until he decides to lose it. It should be his job because you know you got Mark Sanchez coming in who knows the offense can come in and get it done. I still, I'm still adamant about fixing that offensive coordinator position or the offensive uh, quarterback position. You have to fix that those things. But it is. It would do. It would set him back. Geno Smith would set him back a great deal if he's not the quarterback. Go into the season, clear everyone mind, do what they did in Philly, say this is the quarterback, and go with it until the quarterback loses his job. It's not like you got another guy hanging over you, watching him, waiting for you to make a mistake. I think they're still part of a, a, a good team. And going eight and eight, the way the way the Jets played this year, I, I consider that a win. Absolutely. I consider it a win. But they need to find a way to get to be more deep, and they had a chance to get in the playoffs this year, but to be more. A part of the uh, postseason than they that they have been in the past. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and it, so, I mean, that's Jets. I, I didn't really want to talk too much about that. So let's move on. Uh, what is Norv Turner thinking? And we talked about this a little off air. Uh, he's interviewing for the Minnesota Vikings job, and it and reports are coming out that that it's likely that he will sign with them. I mean, it's all speculation still at this point. However. In my opinion, and, and, and do you agree with this, Kwame, that Cleveland must not have, they must have said, hey, you're never going to be the head coach in Cleveland. So do you think that's why, and he, and he saw an opportunity to maybe maybe eventually take over Zimmer's job uh, as the Minnesota head coach? Do, do you think that that had to be it? Because they have, they have a great offense. He has a, a top three receiver. Uh, they have quarterbacks galore, and I'm sure they're going to draft another one at some point. You know, they have, a, they have an average defense. They have a great defensive coordinator. What 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 is his motivation to leave that situation, especially after just one year? I think um, there there's nowhere you nor I or anybody for that matter that got some sense in his head will stay with a company and there's no upside. 
if you're telling me, and then is is verbally out loud saying you're not going to be the head coach here. Well, there's nowhere else for him to go. So I think that's why the Minnesota job, is, and that's not a glamorous job to have. It is a head coaching job, but all head coaching jobs are not great jobs. That's probably why he wants to take that job uh, in Minnesota to be able to move, take a lateral job to be able to move up more somewhere else because there every year we know there's about five to ten head coaching jobs available or talked about, if not more, talked about uh, at the end of the year. They do have a good, they do have a uh, average defense that I think will be a lot better this year uh, with uh, Ray Orton over there and and getting those guys to buy into the system the same way the Arizona Cardinals had to do. Um, but I, I think that's it. And, I, and in fact, I thought I thought the Minnesota Vikings hired the offensive coordinator or defense coordinator. I'm sorry, right? From Cincinnati Bengals, right? Yes, Zimmer. So what um, job is a offensive North coordinator? Yeah, but he yeah, it's 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 to take that job to move up more because he feel like he got a running game there in Minnesota as opposed to where he didn't have. Well, yeah, but he, but he doesn't have a passing game. He doesn't have a quarterback. So isn't isn't he isn't he the vertical offense guy? I don't I, I didn't necessarily see that Adrian Peterson would be a draw for him to go there, especially because Adrian Peterson is getting older and Josh Gordon is is a young stud who can who can stretch the field and and make big plays. I, just, I, I don't understand. There's a disconnect here, and I truly believe that, that they wouldn't let him be the head coach there. And obviously, he wanted to interview for that. That's why every coordinator, as you said, goes to a job to try and eventually become a head coach again. Or look at what Ken Wisenhunt did. He's like, okay, I'm going to make a short stint somewhere, show my worth, and then go get a head coaching job. So obviously, right. he thinks that it's easier to take over Zimmer's new job in Minnesota than it is to be in Cleveland, in my opinion. That's, that's got to be it. I think it. the uh, office coordinator job in um, Minnesota is a step up. Anytime you got a caliber of Adrian Peterson, uh, the production that got put in year in, year out, that's always a plus. Even though North Turner is a pass-happy guy, you cannot pass the ball nowhere in the world, in the history of the world, unless you, uh, and I say that tongue-in-cheek because I, I, every time I say that, I think about, Warren Moon and the Houston Oilers when it was all passed, and then the running back, uh, what's his name, uh, White, Russell White, not Russell White, but it was last time, was White, had a 1,000 yards every year because they had four to five receivers and they had a pass-happy offense. So I think North Turner doing this, uh, going to Denver, I mean Minnesota, with a running game, possible running game, and he has, what, two or three quarterbacks that's average at best right now that he feels North Turner, the guy that I am, the offensive mind, the genius that I am offensively, I can make this work. I can create an offense where all this works. Because at the end of the day, we got to run Adrian Peters anyway. Yeah. The defense is fine over there where you can you can allow yourself to be in ball games. If you're in ball games, then you can continue to run the football and work off that play action. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, I mean, I, I, I get that in with regards to Adrian Peterson. I understand. Uh, and maybe he has an inside track on them drafting Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe they he knows something that we don't, and Minnesota obviously has all of their ducks in a row ready for the draft, and I do believe that, especially with Johnny Manziel now being projected the number one overall pick, and Teddy Bridgewater not being, and him actually dropping down, uh, Todd McShay and Mel Kiper both have Teddy Bridgewater going to Minnesota. So, in that regard, I understand, but it's a leap of faith to move everything to a place and not get the quarterback that you want 
because somebody else changes their mind, you know, five seconds before the draft supposed before the pick's supposed to be in, and they change the whole scheme of how they're going to draft, and, and you move to a new situation on false pretenses that you're going to get a player that you ended up not getting. So I mean, and that it's, may be the case. That may be the case. I know if he do it, does the interview, he's talked to uh, upper management about who they're going to draft. He's not going anywhere, not knowing what's going on in the draft. Because he has to be a part of it as an office coordinator. He has to post that job like he's going to be there. Like that's his job that he's going to be there for three years at least, uh, barring any uh, firing of the head coach or where he probably an assistant head coach and may have to take over. But I, I still think he needs to know more about what's going on in drafting. He might have that insight, the inside knowledge that we don't have. But at the same time, I still think it's a lateral move uh, because you can't move up in Cleveland because they already told you that. It's a lateral move to move up somewhere else right and uh we actually have to go this this hour flies by still uh we will be back tomorrow Kwame Lasser and, and Alex Clancy will be in studio tomorrow uh we will see you guys then Kwame Lasser Sports Talk Voice America Radio thanks for tuning in this week join us every Monday Tuesday Thursday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.